Hello and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. What up? What up? What up? We are back talking about season one, episode six of Cruel Summer and Ocean Inside Me. Written mm-hmm. by Brian Otano, directed by Kelly Cyrus. Yep. Who yep. are these people? Uh, so Brian Otano is, uh, lists himself as a bi-coastal playwright and TV, and TV writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to say, what's up, Cruel Summer writers and directors? Why don't you update, update your IMDb's of the show? I, I assume that's something their agents do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm works. just saying all of your agents are falling down on this job. Uh, all right. What about Kelly Cyrus? I don't have anything. Sorry, Kelly. Okay. Oh, it looks like Kelly. she she works a lot on like Vampire Diaries and a ton of other TV shows. Right on. Right on. Uh, so I got I got a little bit of follow up from listeners. Oh yeah. Uh, thanks to Sean who noticed that Kate Wallace is rocking that next computer in ninety four ninety five. Oh, is she using the next box? That's funny. She's not the not the cube. Okay. Not the one that's like uh, whatever mm-hmm. how they describe it in the movie that like it's like a dictionary, like a fifteen thousand dollar dictionary you're going to sell to college students. No, just mm-hmm. like the actual plain Jane computer. Uh, thanks to Carolyn who walked us through some of the civil litigation stuff on Twitter. Which, uh, yeah, you take depositions. A judge could decide them. It probably, will, of course, go to a jury. I think. I think the title of the last episode is like something like "Surprise Witness" or something crazy like that. Um, I know episode nine is a secret of my own, which is intriguing yeah which we're not watching right now because we're recording this no um, so watching everyone scene, though. shut up on twitter about it um mm-hmm. oh and caleb pointed out that the uh hideous blouse that we made fun of martin harris right mm-hmm. at the gun club is the shirt that he offers her the night before oh hmm, okay yeah yeah so there you go all right well um I guess we can do any Q&A we have at the end of the episode. Let's let's dive right in to an ocean side me. This is a Jeanette episode. Thank God. Uh, it takes place Thank God, huh? Are you not a fan of the Kate episodes? Oh, I love the Kate episodes. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I just, I want Jeanette to get her day. Maybe, maybe in court, maybe not in court. Uh, yeah, approximately takes place on August 15th, 93, 94, 95. Another two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Moving right uh, through the summer here. Yeah, so 93, we start with Jeanette and Derek, and they've made pancakes for breakfast for their parents' anniversary, which seemingly is like a, a normal thing that they do. It's a big, it's a holiday in this house. Uh, Derek guesses that the family, that the parents have been fucking, and they're going to come out with basically sex hair. I just see this, and I think, am I supposed to do this for my parents? Because we've never done anything for their anniversary. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a quote-unquote happy family thing. I, oh, I mean, I this know. is definitely, it's like 93. Look how happy they are. Yeah. family breakfast somebody just got fucked they're all smiles yeah uh and to make it even more tragic sydney and greg are so excited and they're like here's to a lifetime more so <laughs> <laughs> almost hilarious yeah 94 uh jeanette is setting the table they've, they've made breakfast again but it's there's just a different vibe dirt walks in and he says it's like shining the silver on the titanic and she's like what's that supposed to mean we see her uh, parents arguing in the background. Yeah. Um, Jeanette thinks this is all her fault. And Derek says this is like Joy Wallace's smear campaign. Um, unfortunately, Derek needs to move into the dorms today for the preseason. Whatever the hell preseason he's in. I, I assume football. Although I sure. feel like he would have had to move in like a month and a half ago for preseason. Like, I don't know. Probably. Like, I feel like college football season is like started by the end of August. But He's know. almost got Kubiak hair. 
He's a little Kubiak, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think Brother from the Wonder Years really nails it. I mean, if you get the Kubiak reference, mm-hmm. you're as old as we are. <laughs> um, yeah, Greg comes out to get some coffee in his yellow blazer. Um, the doorbell rings, Cindy gets it. There's flowers. This is another hilarious moment where she thinks they're from Greg. So she's like, major, oh. major douche chill moment here. Uh, Jen's like, oh, it's so, it's so nice that you did that, Dad. And Greg's just like, oh, fuck. he's like, um, 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 actually, actually, mm, ah, yeah, didn't send so, you that. Yeah, Cindy reads the card, which says, "Thank you for setting me up with the perfect home, Angela." Who's Angela? <laughs> Douche chill. Oh, uh, I think also a friend of the pod, Kayla, pointed out that uh, realtors can find you an apartment. Um, surprise! It involves them getting a kickback from the people who own the. I apartment. mean, I I would assume so. Yeah, other yeah, like that, yeah. they're not doing it for free. Yeah. Uh, Ninety five is just Jeanette by herself watching videos, like home videos of her family when they were happy back in ninety three. Uh, I think it says June six ninety three on TV mm-hmm. uh, as a date. Like they're playing Nerds, which is a Nerds. game I'm not familiar with. Um, what is that like? Some sort of like team solitaire or something like that yeah it's like a combination of speed and solitaire like mm-hmm. involves multiple decks um yeah cindy in this game is on a fucking roll um jeanette's watches like a tear in her eye like she watches like halcyon times oh yeah when when uh angela comes in and it kind of jeanette notices that angela's there and she kind of wipes a tear away so it's it, it's rare i feel like that we see true emotion from 95 Jeanette because she's yeah. so like has all her shields up um, mm-hmm. but yeah it's like she was accidentally uh, having a moment there that Angela noticed she's like I'm not sitting here missing my mommy if that's what you think <laughs> um, and Angela is almost like I don't know man too fucking cool and compassionate like it kind of freaks me out I feel like, like when this show when the season ends Angela's just going to turn out to have been like a good person <laughs> and it's like we're looking for some sort of hidden yeah. You know, like, like, what's the catch here? Why, yeah. you know, clearly there must be something wrong. You know, she seems too nice. Well, like, I've seen so many theories that were like, listen, here's the deal. Prior to anything going on, Angela moved all the way to town, bought a bar, started, like, ingratiating mm. her family. Also, she's writing a book. <laughs> or, or it's like Angela, Annabelle, maybe they're the same person. She's yeah. from Widow Falls. She knew Mark. Yeah, it's like... Sure. I don't know. I, I I don't think we're going that direction. But what we're talking about is that Angela tells Jeanette, you know, she would understand if she was missing her mommy. And Jeanette says that she's actually missing her dad more. Um, and, and Angela's just like, oh, is he spending too much time with me? And and uh, Jeanette's like, no, he's a pitiless drunk. Even when he's here, he's like a million miles away and drunk. Um, and she's like, ooh, this is, this is devastating. She's like, if I just stayed a nerdy little nobody like he wanted, none of this would have happened. Mm. Rough. Uh, yeah, and Andrew's like, uh, no, girl power. Us ladies shouldn't have to make you know ourselves less for others. Um, so Jeanette says wistfully, you know, today used to be a holiday in this house. Now it just kind of feels like somebody's funeral. And Andrew's like, damn, that's rough. That's the angst, man. <laughs> that's some classic 90s angst there. I, I can taste the fucking grunge coming off of you. Yeah. <laughs> so ding dong, uh, Jeanette answers. It's her lawyer, Denise, who says, we have a problem. What do you think Jeanette is listening to? Like, who is her jam these days in '95? Um, I mean, has so she I, has she discovered Alanis Morissette? She seemingly she should have. '95, we're just about there, right? Jagged Little Pill. I think that was '95. 
she's she's doing the math like the rest mm-hmm. of us and being like, who's going down on Dave Coulier? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a whole long list of my. Uh, okay, you ought to know is released uh, July six ninety five, so it's okay. It's so been on. Yeah, it's been getting radio play. She's listening on the VH one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, which uh, MTV VJ will they pay for the rights to show us? <laughs> I just hope it's a Dallas, a Dallas, maybe some John Sencio, fucking Sencio, man. The uh, the elder statesman Kurt Loader, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure is 90 by now, still alive is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember you <laughs> talking about our Walter Cronkite being like <laughs> Wyland scored some crack. <laughs> Those MTV news hits, man. Give you valuable uh, information. He's never at the beach house. He's always back in New York hanging out with Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a long list of needle drops. But uh, title card ninety three. Jeanette, Vince, and Mallory are chaining up their bikes outside. Oh, we we didn't mention the the kind of hammer for the title cards. There's a, a knock at the door. It's the lawyer and says we have a problem. Um, so Vince really wants to see Jason goes to hell because it's supposed to be the last Friday the 13th movie ever. Um, also on the soundtrack here, there's a really weird, like loungy cover of can I kick it? Which is, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if that, cause they just not afford tribe I, called quest. I think that's always the case they can't afford the rights to the original song. So they have to get these weird covers. Yeah, maybe. Um, and Vince is like, I know they said that about part four, but they really mean it this time. <laughs> Once get a Liz Fair CD, nice taste. Ah, uh, so where's my? Oh, I have my Liz Fair notes coming up. Um, okay. I have one he has it in hand. But yeah, we find out that uh, number fourteen item on the list is sneak into a scary movie. But Bat Mallory is much more interested in number thirteen, stealing. Um, and then I think Jeanette points out why is it that everything you put on this list is illegal? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just. <laughs> I had to write down just Vince's line. Well, then, for the low, low price of nothing, the new Liz <laughs> Fair City shall be mine, uh, my hero. Yeah, so Jeanette says that she's actually ahead on this one because she saw Martin Harris's yearbook. Um, you know, but Mallory's like, oh, don't worry about the stealing. Like, big corporations have like worked shrinkage into the budget. This is a victimless crime. Mm, my cousin, sure. my cousin worked here for a while. Uh, apparently, also her mother. Uh, so we watch as they like go into the mall Can't and wipe. Big corporations expect you to steal. Oof. it doesn't stop being brutal um mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of fascinating as as we watch them walk in the mall like it turns into like this wipe into 1995 with Jeanette in her kitchen talking to denise and angela um denise says that kate's lawyers are deposing to neil peterson's mother tanya at her request which makes denise nervous um tanya claims to have damning information which denise would like to hear more about and then and, and the- uh Jeanette doesn't seem too concerned at this point yeah then the dictionary definition of a hangover comes wandering into the uh kitchen that's greg <laughs> what do you think of this line here where greg's just like oh like you drink all the coffee or whatever and he just kind of he walks out and the lawyer is like always a pleasure greg it's like yeah. she called him out or something there i don't know i don't know but the uh the coffee thing is fascinating i don't know if that's supposed to be a bigger thing one year earlier 94 we were told that Jeanette likes the smell of coffee but like not the taste and greg's just like uh, you just kind of get used to it, mm-hmm. and now he's just like taste acquired. Yeah, he's now he's just like you drink all the coffee. <laughs> um, so Greg sees you know what's going on. I just I love that always a pleasure, Greg. The way she says it, it's a real uh, like get the fuck out of here, drunk vibe I get from her. And a good day to you, sir. 
Um, so Jen says that, you know, whatever damning info Tanya has on her, she has worse on Tanya. And uh, Tanya's like, Tanya's not the one in the legal battle, Denise says. And I want Denise to be like, who the fuck are you, man? What do you mean you have worse on this woman? <laughs> who am I representing here? A you know, good lawyer knows me not to ask questions. Seriously, it's, and Denise is a good lawyer in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Tanya could do some character assassination that would be detrimental to Jeanette's case. Um, but don't worry, because 1995, Jeanette's going to go Walter White in this episode. <laughs> Say my name, <laughs> Jeanette Turner. You're goddamn right. Uh, cut to 93. They are doing some shoplifting inside of a, a changing room, you know, putting on clothes underneath clothes, that sort of thing. Jeanette and Jeanette Mallory. Mallory. Yeah, yeah. And they happen to peek out, Jeanette is, and she sees, oh, look. And this is weird that like their changing rooms can see each other. Um, mm-hmm. But they're coming out of the men's side is Martin Harris and like some slacks and a suit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jeanette. Jeanette's hilarious as like the heist lookout. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talking to the saleswoman who we're going to learn is Tanya, uh, Tanil's mother. Tanya is really, really, really driving hard for the hoop with Martin Harris here. What's up, sport? You like the new me? Well, yes, Eric, I do. Very like, why, much so. Why is she laying it on so thick with Martin? Is it just like this guy must be rich? My daughter needs a daddy. Ah, uh, good question. This this actress is Kim Jackson Davis, who follows us on Instagram. What up, Kim? Uh, she's actually from Texas. So I thought okay. it was kind of interesting to hear like a real accent. I, I, I mean, when I first watched this episode, I was just like, this feels a little over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mallory has a pretty good line here, though, when Jeanette's like, oh, shit, Martin Harris is here. And she's like, so what? He's the assistant principal of the high school, not the mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Mallory. Mallory also has one of those devices, like the older school device of like pulling the security tag. It's a little that, sus that she has that. She claims it's because Janice got one from working at Contempo Casual for a week before she got fired. Uh, yeah. Two two drops in two weeks, two different weeks of Contempo Casual. Oh, you'll see. Um, I think Kate has bags from Contempo Casual later, or a skirt or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and Tanya is uh measuring Martin's inseam like the guy did to Joey on an episode of Friends. <laughs> he just kind of push him to the side yeah <laughs> you push it back yes yes that. that's how they do it in prison <laughs> uh yeah but uh tanya here is basically like like not taking over an answer like we need to hang out and have dinner sometime and martin is just like well i he's like trying to be professional about it or whatever you know like i don't know if that'd be a good thing for the vice principal and she's just like oh nonsense yeah, I, I can only assume that it's like she's a single woman and he's the new catch in town and she's going to like she's going to get there before anyone else is like her, she's going to plan. climb him like a tree. Mm-hmm. Because also, I think you see, uh, especially in the next one, this dude looks like he could be six and a half feet tall. He's very tall. He's so gangly. Yeah, he is like 85 percent legs. He's mm-hmm. He might be more and they keep putting him in sh- than Spencer Hastings. They keep putting him in short shorts, too, to like which is hilarious. Yeah. And like loafers at one point. Yeah. Just so makes it uh, creepier. just like watching Tanya, like just driving the ball to the hoop, like you mm-hmm. said on Martin Harris and Mallory, like wraps one of these like contraband t-shirts around her waist. Jen doesn't want to do that since she already stole something. And Mallory's like, whatever, it's a free shirt. I just like love again, forcing Jeanette to steal. Like what's going on with you, Mallory? Yeah, really like just jumping her into your weird gang. But I love that Jeanette's just like, no, no, no. Uh, legalistically, I've already crossed this item off my personal contract. By stealing the yearbook. Yeah. Yeah, um, so which yeah, I think anyways. they say that in front of Vince earlier, don't they? 
Yes, they do. Yeah, so Vince knows about the yearbook. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tanya was going to pick up uh, Martin Harris at his place at 6 p.m. Um, and that's when Mallory and Jeanette bounce out of there. Um, and it's like they use her, like, her distraction, like, scheming on Martin to just, like, run out. And it's like, I don't know. It's like she can't be too aggressive about, like, hey, where are you going? Because Martin's there or something. I don't, you know, it's like yeah. they're using that against her. Yeah. Uh, 94, Renee's over at Tanya's place. Tanya comes in. We find out that Jeanette's on the phone. <laughs> I love they're just like, girl cannot take a hint. You know, um, these friends are horrible. And yet I found like there's a couple of moments with Tennille here, right? Like when when she says like, oh, is a a social worker coming in to give me a new mommy or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. her mom's like, that's not funny. And like, I don't know. There's a couple of looks on Tennille's face where you sense that like there's something underneath there. You know, she's not just purely like a, a mean girl. Also, can I be real? Like for like six weeks, I would have had the biggest crush on Tennille back in high school. Oh, for sure. I mean, fuck yeah. Renee, I don't know as much. Like, I feel like we get more of Tennille. Well, I mean, um, we, we haven't met Renee's mother, you know, for one. Like, there's, there's yeah. just, we're getting background at least a little bit on Tennille here. But yeah, we should, it, I don't know. If they do a season two, I wonder if maybe they'll flesh out some of these characters a little more. And Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with Tucker? Um, well, we find out some, like, some guests or some ladies who are coming over to watch Tanya's interview on some show, some new show about Martin Harris. Um, but she's like, you know, anyway, I've got this Jeanette Turner on the phone. What message should I give her? And like the message is tell her that she's been permanently relocated to Loser Island where we will not be joining her. And I want like Tanya to be like, that's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> Population one. Yeah. I'll just tell her you're not home. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Um, so 93, Mallory and Jeanette head down to like the Sam Goody or whatever to meet Vince. And as soon as he walks out, the alarm goes off. Rookie like, move, oh, Vince. Vince. What, what are you, Jamie? You gotta, Come on. You got to take the CD out of the jewel case. You got to leave that Seriously. jewel case behind, man. Do you or remember, or like, just wait like a couple of years. There's going to be this thing called Napster. You're, you'll, you'll be good. I remember there was a thing about like how to get the, you unhook the two parts where the, 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 two, the, the case the, is connected. The back of it, yeah. Yeah, and you just mm-hmm. like, you they lift the tape right off. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so Mallory, upon sign of distress, just books it. Jeanette takes the CD from Vince. Mallory, like a true coward, runs away and abandons her friends. That's yeah. how I read it. Yeah. She's uh, she's a real Ewan McGregor in this train spotting. Um, so, like, Jeanette's going to take the fall. She's going to jump on the grenade. She takes the CD from Vince, sends him off. Uh, he leaves as she puts her hands up as some Paul Blart comes running over to her. And she has a little bit of a smirk when uh, the camera kind of zooms in on her and the cops get to her. Like, yeah. she's enjoying this a little. Well, I'm like... What is item 25 on the list? Going full Winona? Like, uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a very old joke. Free um, yeah, but again, kudos to our man for getting Exile on Guyville. Uh, ranked number 56 on Rolling Stones, 500 greatest albums of all time. And I know what you're thinking, gentle listener. Yes, fucking run is a great song, but is Flower the better song? Perhaps. Perhaps. Right. Um, I'm partial to her self-titled album. Like years later? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you like uh, HWC? I mean, who doesn't? doesn't it's good for your skin uh meanwhile in mall security jail there's fucking jamie of course i wrote in my notes before i remembered what he was in crime for that he probably got caught peeing in the mall parking garage like jerry seinfeld <laughs> he uh he likes a dare apparently yeah we're gonna it, i feel like this is the second time we've heard about jamie and dares right uh we're gonna hear about next week no i didn't wasn't it a dare thing to uh steal the banner last week Oh yeah, 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 yeah. From the to which, get, get a six pack or whatever. Which is which is actually a callback to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Jeanette's also uh, been brought there to wait while Paul Blart calls her parents. Um, Jeanette immediately changes her demeanor when she sees Jamie, like taking her hair down. Um, and Jamie is just like, LOL, straight in her face. Like, oh, what are you, a bad girl now? Ha ha. Um, is she wearing the scrunchie? I can't tell. Oh, I couldn't tell. She had yeah. Some, yeah, she is. She takes the scrunchie out of her hair. Wow. Oh, like she, she takes her hair down so he won't see the scrunchie? That's- yeah, yeah. And she kind of like behind her back, like puts the scrunchie in her pocket. That's That's nice. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, I'm Jeanette, by the way. And he's like, yeah, I remember. It's notable that he remembers her. Like, I feel like we're seeing in this episode that, like, Jamie was not uh, unattracted to nerdy Jeanette. You know, it's not like she yeah. got hot and suddenly it was like, whoa, who's this? You took your glasses off. You know, he seems to be kind of into her here, too. At no point did you have to ask yourself, was she a bet? Was she a <laughs> stupid bet? Yeah. But yeah, he remembers her. And then in 94, mm-hmm. Cindy Turner here is having a rough. She's eating some brie. Yeah. She's getting prank cheese. calls. And just like, nice. just like you can just see her kind of melting down. And I don't know. There's reasons to be critical of Cindy Turner, but it, it, you're definitely getting the vibe in this that like her world is kind of like disintegrating around her and nobody seems to notice or care. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think where she's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fucking jerky boys on the phone here are just like, hey, is Jeanette home? We need kidnapping tips or whatever. Do better. Try harder on your amateur hour. Yeah. Not worth the, the nickel. Not even calling her sizzle chest or whatever. <laughs> calling them the twisted turners. That's that's not terrible. It's yeah. not great. Um, they keep calling. Cindy's upset. She's gonna eat that cheese. She's too upset to eat that cheese. I'm sorry. Uh, so she goes in Jeanette's room, starts like looking through her closet. Then she goes over to the vanity um there's a frame that frame picture of Jeanette as a baby of her dad and then there's the Jeanette butterfly box um I love so the she, puffy paint on it it's so 90s yeah. and and so, so she opens it up you know finds Jeanette's jewelry nothing fancy there lifts the tray finds stuff under that it's kind of relieved then it's like something tells her look under the box I don't I think she feels something when she kind of is like holding on to the sides and underneath the box she's like wait what's this okay flips it over oh there's a piece of paper there and underneath it is a key, which I do wonder, did Jeanette put this key here? Hmm. I mean, probably, but I don't know. It wasn't where last time we saw this key from Jeanette, she just like had it in there on a key ring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does like going over to Martin's house, though. So I could see her kind of, um, you know, making a special thing where she hid this. Although I'm surprised she doesn't have it on a key ring at this point. Yeah, and plus, you know, you haven't seen whatever movie in the 90s told us to hide your shit like in the air vent yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Um, I thought it was probably like a movie before that. But anyway, 93, back in mall security jail, Jamie's like, you don't usually get in trouble, do you? I'm I'm 100% dimples. And she's like, oh, I get in trouble all the time. I just I don't usually trouble. get caught. I don't, yeah, I don't just usually get caught. And Jamie's just like, What? slides closer desperate to know what kind of trouble and she's like well if you go to my name is trouble.com on this thing called the internet you can find out more exactly mm-hmm. exactly that's product placement <laughs> then greg shows up he's in his work uh monday night football blazer there he's a little disappointed I'm sure this must be some sort of misunderstanding and they, they very quickly like like they were just about to start vibing about the trouble yeah. she likes to make and mm-hmm. then uh then greg shows up and they kind of split away from each other but like I feel like she was about to tell him about sneaking into Martin Harris's there. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Because I mean, what else is she going to tell him about the kind of trouble she makes? 
Way to fuck it up, Greg. Mm-hmm. Way to fuck. Well, I mean, that or she's just like, well, my friends and I had this dorky list, and he's just like, eh, yeah, wilted flower. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love how Greg's just like, tell me this is some kind of mistake, and it's like cover blown. <laughs> well, I don't think that she would tell him about the list because the list is kind of dumb. You know, it's 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 nerdy Jeanette who she doesn't want to be around this guy. So she'd tell him about like the stuff she's freelancing on. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, 94, Jeanette's like walking through the house, listening to music on headphones of her Walkman. Um, Cindy's desperate to talk to her. So Cindy's like trying to get her daughter to like open up to her. She won't volunteer anything. And then finally, Cindy's just like, have you ever been inside Martin Harris's house? And Jeanette's like, why would you even ask me something like that? I'm clearly stalling. Well, and then uh, like, you can't believe these rumors, but never really answering the question. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, don't you feel like carrying a secret like this, like getting it off your chest, just feel really good that, you know, ignoring these rumors won't make them go away. Even though like, I probably have advocated that for that myself two episodes ago. I feel like the, uh, the choker that uh, Jeanette's wearing here is doing a lot of work to suggest to like, it's like this slight, you know, untrusting bad girl vibe that she has, like just, just a tinge. Oh, I tell you what, man, like back in the day, good girl summer break suddenly she's wearing a choker like guys were not observant but we're like there's something about you <laughs> something's changed yeah um but like cindy's just like is there anything you need to tell your mama and Jeanette says no you know the calls are getting her she should just change the number and like cindy's just like god damn it um well i mean when she when she kind of finally confronts her and is like is there anything you need to tell me a whirlwind of emotion on Jeanette's face there it's clear that something is eating at her She's holding on to something in relation to all this Kate stuff. We don't know what it is yet, but I, I think that's that's the shoe we're waiting to drop, right? Mm-hmm. It's like what she clearly knows something. She may not have actually seen Kate inside, you know, like yeah. like Kate said, but there's there's some piece of information that she's holding on to here. And it's it's clear that she's like kind of distressed by this question and kind of get runs away real quick. This is why I think it's like the the Jeanette storyline storylines are fascinating because like I said, we kind of get the trajectory of the bulk of Kate's storyline, and it's very easy to root for that and to want to see her succeed and you know make the world pay for what it's done to her. And we don't know what Annabelle is, but at least Annabelle's like named. Well, and we don't. Kate, Jeanette, seem, Kate seems like an open book. It doesn't seem like Kate is keeping a secret. She might not be able to remember Annabelle, but right. she doesn't. Mean, like Jeanette is definitely like she has her her own private things that, you know, we were just waiting to find out about. And we, and we have no idea what like the size or shape of them is, but like, you know, you can tell they're there. I just, I find Jeanette's storyline just so much more interesting in an ambiguous sort of way. But uh, 93, Greg's walking up Jeanette through the mall to leave. You know, she points out it's Mallory's fall. And, you know, she tells uh, her dad the truth. He has to promise to tell like Vince's grandparents. I so did find it notable. He says, you can't blame your friends. You know, you have to take responsibility. Yeah. Uh, she convinces that Vince sold the CD and when the alarm went off, she just grabbed the CD and told him to run and that, you know, she and Vince always have each other's backs. Who would have done the same for her? So Greg is touched or impressed. Just they keep it between them because Cindy will call Vince's grandparents and she finds out. I mean, if you're cynical, I don't know that the performance is really suggest this, but if you're cynical, well, I guess it is kind of mentioned later. Like you can argue that Jeanette knows this will work on Greg. Yeah, she. I, I think she probably understands that. Like, she would not get away with this with her mom, but her dad is a little bit of a pushover. Yeah, he's she's dad. definitely a daddy's girl, and yeah, yeah he's he's not even going to tell her mom about this. They're going to keep it on the DL. 
And he's definitely a girl's daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, on the one hand, I think you, you can understand wanting to like not make a big deal out of it to your daughter because, you know, she was just doing this to protect a friend. But I think she's also she's learning some habits here. You yeah. know, I like, think she even says later that like she basically didn't even get in trouble. Yeah. Which I mean, there's you could argue that like this is all genuine and it's like based on his reaction. She then later claims to Vince that this was all premeditated, but I, I don't know. Um, 94. Greg comes home early from work uh, because of panic. Cindy called him and she's like, it's Jeanette. She's lying. So um, Cindy's talking about the necklace again. And Greg asks like why we're talking about the necklace again. And she points out that he didn't hear her last time. I mean, like there's some definite, like, uh, you know, trouble in uh, under or like bridge under over troubled water speak here, Greg. Well, I mean, she's, um, Cindy is really just like, I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach. I know she's lying. You know, and it's like, you're not listening to me. You're not taking me seriously. You know, and it's, it, you know, I found this key and then he's like immediately like, well, doesn't you think that's a little bit of stretch that it's the key to Martin Harris's house. And she's like, let's go find out. And he's mm-hmm. like, whoa, 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 whoa. We cannot be seen going to Martin Harris's house in broad daylight. Mother's and he's like, intuition. She feels it in her bones. Yeah. And he's like, we raised a good kid. And she's like, yeah, she changed. She changed right in front of us. And then he kind of uh damningly in her eyes he says she was just blossoming as you put it mm-hmm. well and i think she kind of is showing that she feels some guilt for the way that Jeanette changed and got popular you yeah. know um but you know she's like you know I, like i think she kind of she's gonna file that away to be hurt by it later mm-hmm. but she's just like look i just want her to be happy and he's like look if i thought there was a problem i would be just as worked up as you but I don't see it as a problem and I got to get back to work. So <laughs> peace. And I mean, Cindy's like, how many different ways can she tell him? Like, I know my daughter is lying. This is like tearing me apart inside. It's like, she just, she feels it in her gut and it's, it's, it's she can't focus on anything else basically because of it. And like, you can argue like the body hits the floor later, but this is when the marriage died. <laughs> um, 95 Jeanette's room. She's putting her boots on. Vince comes in because Angela let him in. Um, it's awkward that he's here, which is weirder still because he used to basically live there. And he's like, or uh, she's like, so Mallory's basically a Wallace now. Uh, he, <laughs> I like how she has like a this like kind of fancy little like craftwork thing on her wall that says, uh, thank heaven for little girls. And it's like still yeah. in her wall there. Yeah. Uh, he asks if she expected Mallory to stay friendless forever. And she's like, no, because being friendless sucks. And he points out, you know, hey, Jeanette, you pushed me away. Um, so she figures it's, it's because she's ruined everyone's life already. So, you know, why not mm. stop ruining his? So she's going out, you know, asks if he can like, uh, he asks if he can help with whatever she's doing. She says a no initially, but she asks if he'll distract the reporters outside so she can sneak out the back. And he's like, fuck yes, I will. I'm on team Jeanette. Yeah, she's uh, off to do some dirty work. Um, you know, Also, dress like A. Dress like A, yeah. We've been wondering where skyland is um i noticed on her wall there's a big 210 which is the area code for san antonio so maybe maybe she lives uh, in a suburb of san antonio that's where skyland is oh okay mm-hmm. san antonio's not a bad town there you go i, I hear it's very I similar see. to sacramento i said it it's got a lovely mm-hmm. river walk are you happy um 94 cindy is falling apart in the kitchen um <laughs> and really should not be putting this on her son derek Nope. DT shows up. Uh, he's here to raid the cabinet for dorm snacks. I get, 
have you left yet, Derek? <laughs> he takes what, a, what is- a, a an entire giant jar of pickles with him. He's just like, <laughs> I'll take this whole thing. Yeah. Um, she's kind of out of it. He's like, hey, Space Cadet, what's up? So she brings up the time that when they were kids and like Derek and Jenna had a tea party outside and, and all their stuffed animals got muddy. And Greg told her it was Derek's idea. And she's wondering if it is. And of course, what she's getting at is, I think Jeanette's like lying about all this. And I think Greg is afraid to admit it. And Derek's just like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, talk to dad about that. Yeah. He, don't tell me. Yeah. Don't, you, you can't tell me this. So uh, title Tyler drop. Season. Yeah. yeah, title drop. She's like, I had this ocean inside of me and it's spilling over. I need somebody to talk to and I need to talk about it. And he's just like, yeah, call Aunt Susan as he walks off of a ho-ho, um, which I was shocked to see like an actual like ho-ho <laughs> in, the, in the episode. But she wants more of a moment with him that she's proud of her college boy and needs him to keep pursuing his dreams because complacency is a disease. There's a title. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like, it's like clearly like mom is on one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I feel like also potentially Derek doesn't take Cindy seriously, which he probably got. Well, from no, Greg. C- because she says complacency is a disease and he just goes, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if he asks nicely, maybe grandma will stitch that on a pillow for you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Cindy, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, I feel like you're going to, you, you're obviously a year later, a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, so we're basically this is a big episode because we finally see where the hell Cindy is for yeah. for 95. Like we've been wondering. Um in 95. It's uh 94. Back, no, this is 95 oh, here. Yeah, I'm sorry, 95. Yeah. yeah. We're back at the uh clothing store. We see Tanya is there, and then a, a customer calls in wearing a hoodie, or not calls in, it comes in wearing a hoodie. It's Janet, of course. Uh she's like checking to see that all the uh the changing stalls are uh unoccupied, and then she turns around. And oh shit, it's Jeanette Turner facing down Tanya. Mm-hmm. And she lights her, her, ignites her red lightsaber, yeah. cuts this woman down. Um, Jeanette's really wondering what Tanya's dying to share so much so that she has to actually ask to be deposed. And Tanya's like, only the truth. <laughs> so close adjacent, we cut to 93 in Jeanette's room. Uh, Vince is over and Jeanette's saying that uh, she took the fall for him because she knew her dad would go easy on her. She says the only trouble she got into was mall jail. It was, it was kind of cool, almost mm-hmm. getting into trouble and then not. Maybe she's um, learning some bad behaviors. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is kind of bummed because he wanted that Liz Fair CD. So my question for you is, is she trying to steal specifically yes. the Liz Fair CD from Martin Harris? I, okay. I think so. Yeah. She, I, I think she's like, oh, I'll bet Martin Harris listens to the Liz Fair. I'll go grab that. Um, she's also, she's like throwing away a bunch of her clothes right now from her closet. It's like, I think she's inspired and uh, kind of motivated by her brush with the law and with Jamie there. And it's going to mm. start getting rid of some uh, nerdier Jeanette stuff. Including the tie-dye shirt that she wore to spin class when she mm-hmm. saw Kate Wallace yep. back in episode two. So 94 at the video store. Uh, there's also now a Nightmare Before Christmas poster on the wall. Uh, but Ben is over and Vince is pointing out which one is the best Friday the 13th, which I don't know, might be the Roy one. I don't know. I'm just um, saying, Ben, if you want to keep on the down low, maybe reconsider that shirt. Seriously, uh, Ben's shirt looks like a tweet from a corporation during Pride. <laughs> it is wild. Um, it is it is w- 90s wild, too. Uh, but Ben suggests that Vince comes over and watches it with him and narrate all the scary parts, which Vince loves doing. So they're about to kiss. I mean, they're definitely about to kiss and have like a moment here. And then Jeanette walks in and uh, it's, it's a little awkward. And Ben makes up an excuse like, Oh, I just remembered I had to do something, you know, and he like gets out of there and 
uh, Vince is just like, hey, so can we just like forget that happen? And Jeanette's yeah. like, yeah, sure. But then she's like, you know, like not willing. To, it's, she's not, I don't know, I'd say she's not willing to let it drop. But like, she's like, let's let's have a chat about this. Like, it seems like you're happy. That's a good thing, you know? Yeah, she's like, she's like, uh, um, you know, having a secret must be scary, mm-hmm. you know? So if you want, I can pretend like I didn't see it. I can pretend it didn't happen. But she smiles and she says, it kind of seems like you're happy. And he's like, yeah, I'm insanely happy. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, one thing too, I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit, but like the thing that the show gets right is that back in the 90s, I feel like our fucking lives revolved around the video store. I oh, mean, yeah. along with the grocery store, this is where you and your family went at least once a week, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so night 93, Jeanette's on her way to Martin Harris's house, lets herself in with the key that she has and looks around. Yeah, I'm pretty she's, sure she's here just to like steal this fire CD. <laughs> Or maybe like if if not that, find another good CD to steal. I don't know what Martin Harris listens to, but I just he's just like Vince. Will you settle for letters to Cleo? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So presumably she's here now because she got to overhear that she'd be picked up at six for this date of Tanya. Mm -hmm. But she's also maybe a little too at ease sneaking around his his place. She she looks very comfortable. Yeah, she's just letting herself in as though she does this a lot. Yeah, so she goes to like this kind of bananas like closet where he has like his sound system and his like CD set up. I mean, sound systems were a very big deal back in the day. These days, people just play music on their phone. You don't understand. Like back in the day, like it was like this whole situation where it took up a whole like you needed a special cabinet for it. You had your receiver, your speakers, your CD player, your tape player, your record player. Yeah. It's the closet part of it yeah. that's weird to me. I mean, because I presume that not all of the speakers are in the closet. They must be all around the room. I don't know. It's just it's just weird that he has like this, mm-hmm. like he opens up the closet. Anyway, so then, oh shit, Martin Harris comes home with Tanya. Uh, we find out that uh, they actually met earlier. He suggested they meet earlier, which she spun into meaning, oh yeah, sugar, so we'll have more times for drinks afterward. And he's like, oh, that was your definition, not mine. <laughs> So Jeanette hides in the closet like she's in an I Love Lucy episode and is like watching them through the slats as like Tanya's like pouring some big ass glasses of wine for these two. Back in 94, it's mm-hmm. uh, Jeanette and Vince are just like sitting on the floor at the video store. It's real Clerks vibes here, you know, just hanging out at the video yeah. store. Uh, Shut up about Clerks already. Yeah. Uh, and she's talking about the rumors and whatnot. And, you know, her thinks her mom's starting to bleed them a little bit. And she's acting really weird. And it's like, you got like, me. You know, if it makes you feel any better, you've always got me. They promise to do like a double pinky swear thing. It's pretty cute. That's, ser- that's mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bell from the door opening. Renee and Tenille strut in. And Jeanette's like, hey, guys. And this is where I was like, okay, Renee, I'm sorry I, 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 I knocked you earlier. Because she's just like, oh, this is awkward. Well, and she says it in such a way to like, like let's make sure Jeanette hears it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very performative. Oh, oh this is awkward. Oh, you don't even understand. I would have such a crush on these girls. And like the fact that they would hate me would only make me love them more. <laughs> um, Jeanette says that she's been calling and Tanil's like, it's called screening or caller ID. I don't know which one of those burns more, but I'm gonna throw both at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he notices the interview with Tanya's on. So like Vince turns up the volume, like the four of them just like watch this like Tanya interview on the TV where she's being interviewed at the mall. Um, also, Tanil, by the way, is wearing like a white t-shirt with a pink t-shirt over it, an unbuttoned flannel over that. Her boxers are sticking out of her jeans and her t-shirt's tucked into them. That's the 90s, man. Yeah. That's a look. 
Yeah. So Tanya says that it's, it's something you could have caught on House of Style. Uh, Tanya says that Martin Harris had this whole fake Midwestern vibe, but the moment he got her alone, he was so forceful. Yeah. Uh, and Jeanette's watching the background. Just a little curious about all this. I, I can't remember if we mentioned earlier um, in the scene with Vince when she's throwing away her clothes. She mentions like how frustrated she's getting with Mallory and how she's like always trying to force him to do so. So the, the cracks are already shown there in that friendship. And he's he's like like making it clear. He's like, I don't want to talk trash about Mal. Yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about Mallory. Uh, we're going to talk about us. Yeah, so 93, Jeanette's watching from the closet. Um, Martin Harris and Tanya end up on the couch and she uh, she sees like a framed picture of a young boy, which he says is his nephew. And she's like, oh, for a second there, I thought you were a single parent too. And he's like, nope, no shared the kids. Pets are property of my ex-girlfriend. He says it like a robot. It would she'll she's take just, as a blessing, he says. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, exes are the worst. And, and she, she like slides closer. She's like rubbing her hand on his thigh and his knee. She might as well be giving him a hand job right now. Like she's she's halfway there. Are we having fun yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 94 in the interview, Tanya is like, he became aggressive and then she's listed in the chiron as near miss victim of martin harris yeah and of course uh, what we're seeing is the exact opposite where martin harris looks like he's afraid of women here and yeah. she's practically about to like jerk him off and all, is all over him and Whoa. confessing weird shit about how she like told her her ex that uh he's the father of uh Danilo and he's really not and she's like getting to pay child support for free and yeah. he's like I, I don't think i should know that about my student um like one of the things she says in the interview in 95 is uh or 94 is uh he offered personal details unprovoked <laughs> what i what i was cracking up about this myself rewatching this is like jeanette's got to be like well this is weird watching this interview a year to the day after i actually saw the events of this moment <laughs> well um, what do you think why is martin harris so resistant to tanya here just not his type too uh, old so here's my I was like, here's my flippant answer. Mm-hmm. She's about 25 years yeah. too old. <laughs> well, and maybe beyond that, I, I think maybe aggressive women is not something he knows how to deal with. Oh, you know? yeah. A woman taking the power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that terrifies him. Um, under a different set of circumstances, Ton is a fun train wreck. Like she's this close to being Amy Poehler's cool mom for Mean <laughs> Girls. Yeah. Um, like she's like running, like she's like running her fingers through his hair and everything. And in the interview, she's like, I think he would have uh, said or done anything to get me to go to bed with him. And I feel like in the kind of like media send up they're doing, like, where's the, uh, the crass Geraldo reporters? Like, well, did you? <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, but then the, in the closet, you know, back in 93, I think genetic accidentally backs into the stereo and it starts blasting some music. And low the cracker yes fuck yeah they got that the real song for that yeah 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 well i mean whatever man you gotta you gotta <laughs> spend all your your ducats on a low by cracker i made a tweet about this jokey but seriously though there was like a six month period where this song was on every other alternative every other song on alternative stations mm-hmm. uh you know being a few girls like being low hey 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 like being stoned um Martin Harris goes investigate the closet. And that's when Tanya's like, oops, I must have sat on the remote. And look at me. I've spilled wine on myself. I better start unbuttoning my blouse. Yeah, better, he, un- they basically take her blouse off here. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God. Air it out a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he like runs in the other room. Um, I like this part because I, I found out like when we cut back to it, like Tanya's a little more shrewd than we realized. But 94, she's like on TV saying, when I think about what happened to Kate Wallace, I just couldn't help but think. 
that could have been the me. And Jeanette's like, well, that shit's rich. She's lying, she well, says. I mean, the reaction, it, it's um, it's not thought out by Jeanette. She doesn't realize who she's saying this in front of, you know, because she yeah. just, it's like a, just a reaction because she's lying. And then like Renee and Tennille look at her and Tennille's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she's like, are you, are you seriously defending a pedophile? And Jeanette's just like, oh, I, I didn't mean it. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. And like, but you did say it. <laughs> And Vince is like, "Welp, mm-hmm. we're closing anyway, ladies. So take it outside." No, Tino's like, uh, "Look, you're, uh, my mom's not a liar," and she's like, "Your mom's a freak show, or a freak show has been since you don't seem to be getting the memo. So are you." And then Renee answers my question, and she's like, "Let's just go to Blockbuster," uh, and that's how the little guy goes out of business. Thanks a lot, Jeanette Turner. I, I found it interesting that Tennille was like, "Your mom is a freak show has been." Um, I feel like maybe a little bit of self-loathing going on there with her own maybe. mom, you know, like I to Neil, like we've seen her, you know, mother daughter relationship there. It doesn't seem great. I think maybe that that's like a little bit extra here between the two. Well, and uh, we find out from Derek at one point that like the joy Wallace, like a uh, uh, propaganda machine is like working overtime. I don't know how much obviously that like Kate is hanging out with the captain and to at this point, but like, Clearly, this this version of Cindy is like hit the the front page of the gossip mill. Um, yeah, I wanted Vince time, to be though. like, sorry, go ahead. I say I wanted Vince to be like, God damn it, Jeanette, that's four customers that I've just lost in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, I feel like they're at least like dropping these little small moments here and there. Like, even though Renee and Tennille seem fairly vapid, mean girls, like they just there's these little twinges they give Tennille here and there. It's like. These are still human beings, you know, who like probably, you know, in the star of their own TV show, they've got their own drama going on. It's clear yep. that Tennille has a lot of issues with her mom and maybe some embarrassment and she's projecting. Uh, this show is uh, so we're doing we're, you know, behind the behind the scenes here. We're recording what six and seven tonight. This show is remarkably good in these two episodes about mm-hmm. giving characters backstories um, and like making them real people. And just I don't know. I feel like you're. You're getting a certain kind of character development in this show, you know, surprise as it might be, like uh, um, that you don't get in other shows. It's you know it seems I mean? empathetic to its characters, I guess. Yeah. It, uh, except for Martin Harris, it doesn't really seem like anyone's a pure villain, like even Joy. But I mean, like I feel like the Cindy Angela conversation to come is like wildly unprecedented yeah. on TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the commercial, ninety five. Jeanette and Angela are like walking and talking in the Turner house. And Angela's like, um, are you dating anyone? And uh, Jeanette's like, well, who would I be dating? One of the Menendez brothers? Zing. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Um, Angela points out that Vince has just been hanging out, waiting for her to come home. So that must mean he likes her. And they're like, LOL. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys, uh, Jeanette and Vincent. And Vince, like, like, they're just both laughing about it. Like, ha, ha, yeah. ha. She doesn't get it. She has no yeah. gator. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's perfectly fine if that's who you are. Yeah, Angela's off to work. So 94, we see Jeanette is in a car wiping away tears. Turns out she's in her brother's car. We find out he picked her up at the last minute. From the video store, presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, what happened? She mentions Renee and Tennille, whom she will not be hanging out with again in the future. Uh, And She's like, do you have to leave for college? Because I feel like everyone's jumping ship on me and I feel so alone. Uh, It's just wait for it. Someone yeah. else is going to jump ship on you, Jeanette. 
Yeah. Uh, 95, Jeanette and Vince are eating popcorn and she's having a hard time relaxing since, you know, Tony could be destroying her case at any moment. And he's like, you need a distraction. That's when Greg stumbles out and he's just like, nerds, you love nerds. And it's like, okay, clearly Angela told you something. Hope that's, yeah. hope that's okay. But, you know, do you want to play nerds? And she's like, yeah, sure. I do love nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the half the joy of nerds just meant to be saying the word nerds. Nerds. Um, so lawyer's office, we see that Tanya's in her deposition with Denise and Kate's lawyer. Uh, they ask if she has any reason to believe that Jeanette Turner could not be telling the truth. Because in 93... Tanya opens the closet to find Jeanette there. I feel like she's clearly suspected someone was in the closet and just did the whole remote thing as Maybe? a cover. I, I, that's the impression I got. And I was like, shit, like the show is even treating Tanya mm-hmm. like she's not a moron. Thank God. Um, but Tanya's like, what are you doing here? Well, presumably Martin Harris is like getting a towel or something. Yeah. Right. And hiding from this, this adult woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeanette Insley says that she won't say anything about what she heard about Tanel's parentage. And Tanya makes a deal with her. I didn't see you and you didn't see me. Scoot. <laughs> uh, so 95. And I, and one can presume that the vibe was then killed and uh, Tanya went home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. What, what a fucking awkward moment that must have been. Mm-hmm. If he ever came back. I, I feel like Tanya leaves this night thinking, oh, he's gay. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Once he puts on his uh, his short shorts, this uh, seven seven two size man, yeah. Um, 95 and then Turner Dining Room, we find out the Jets won this game of nerds. And it's like you kind of see like old dorky Jeanette coming out, like her, her glee at having beat them. Mm-hmm. And they're like two out of three, two out of three. And she's like, no, I won. Fuck you. So the phone rings. Oh, shit. Could it be the lawyer? She gets up to answer. Uh, we bounce back uh, to the deposition. Tanya's like, uh, you know, Jeanette Turner says that she never saw Kate. And long pause. I have no reason to believe otherwise. <laughs> because I've been blackmailed. Yeah. Yeah. And then we Flash, go to. Flashback further. The, yeah. yeah I, earlier, you know, the night before whatever, um, 95 Jeanette is basically like, this is how it's going to be. We, You know, we're in a Mexican standoff here. You're not yeah. going to say shit because then I'll leak, you know, tell them about your illegal child support and paternity fraud. Yeah. Um, Jeanette suggests that Tanya be careful. I mean, anytime you act to tell someone, be careful. Come on. Mm-hmm. But she's like, lawyers love a good story, but there's provable facts and there's hearsay. And hearsay doesn't really amount to much, but provable facts that I know about you have a devastating consequence in your family as you know it. Um, yeah. So she basically turns to Tanya and tells her she can be pretty convincing. Uh, she's like, also, by the way, I, I lit your car on fire, bitch. <laughs> um, back in the deposition, Kate's lawyer is just like, what are we doing <laughs> yeah, here? <laughs> sure seems like he had something to tell us. She's like, oh, no, it's just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So Turner House, Jens answers the phone. It is indeed Denise. Denise says that Tony Peterson had exactly zero interesting things to say. So Jeanette gives a thumbs up to Greg. And then Denise says over the phone, and if you had anything to do with that, I don't ever want to know. <laughs> That's a good lawyer right there. Uh, and Jen's just like, yeah, she knows I'm a badass. Mm-hmm. So, so they go back to play more cards. Angela's bar, 95. Who should walk in but Cindy Turner? Oh, shit. Cindy's alive in 95. She's not dead. This scene starts great because it, it, she's they not in play jail. It like, <laughs> well, they play it like you're thinking... Cindy has no idea who Angela is. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to walk into this bar. She orders a Cosmo. 
Um, and like Angela clearly is like a little bit like nervous. Like she recognizes this person and Cindy's just like, Oh, it's so funny. This is my, actually my wedding anniversary. Can you believe it? Or, or it was, but you know, Hey, we're not together, but I guess you knew that. Right. Angela. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. Gulp. <laughs> um, also I spent far too long trying to figure out who did the, this cover of EMFs unbelievable in the bar, which I think the song itself came out in 1990. I don't know who's that was early 90s. Yeah. I don't know who's covering the song in 95, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, after the commercial, you know, Angela says that if Cindy came here for a cat fight, they don't do that here. And Cindy's like, no, uh, I, I didn't. I just, you know, I was feeling sentimental. I was going to go back to the old house, but I'm incapable of going backwards. Damn, she's awesome. Well, I feel like we could have a debate as to uh, how good of a mother Cindy is. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I, I have to divide Cindy into two people. Mm. I have to divide her into like Cindy the, the person and then Cindy the mother. The mother. Can you, yeah. though? Can you? On, well, the, on, the, on the one hand, we're going to hear a lot of reasons about why Cindy felt that uh, she was kind of uh, dying inside. But on the other hand, you did leave your daughter at the hardest point of her life. Yeah, I mean, but I, I kind of wondered, though, with the way that she was doubting Jeanette and the fact that Jeanette was not ready to come clean to her, would her have staying? I feel like not that's a, an excuse you tell yourself if you're Cindy, that you're making it better by leaving. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, she said she came here because Derek said that Angela worked here. And like what Cindy really wants to know is how is she, meaning Jeanette. Uh, also, again, now. After commercial break, there's a new song, Screen by Brad, which is a song I really like, but I had no idea it was this old. <laughs> um, she says that Derek still talks to her, but Jeanette doesn't, you know, not really. And she blames Cindy for the separation. So I guess Cindy and Greg are just separated. Um, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's not official. Anyway, do you want to have a drink? And Angela's just like, you know, Angela's still like waiting for the uh, the the trap to close on her right now. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah, what's going trap. on here? The mama bear trap, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so Andrew's just like, you know, she misses you, which is like a relief for, for Cindy, um, 94 in the Turner house. Um, Greg gets home. Cindy's been waiting for him and he's just like, well, two more houses fell out of escrow. Doing that thing where she's waiting in the dark. Never a good sign, Greg. No, she reminds him that she wanted to be a flight attendant. And I, I love this, like kind of refer reference to the like, previous episode of them. He's like, is this what the whole dead body thing was about? And she's like, no you don't understand me. And he's just like, what are we talking about here? Well, and she's like, I've always loved, you know, trained to fly in the friendly skies. And he just goes, okay. And he laughs and she's like, fuck you. It's not funny. Like, why are you laughing at me? And he's like, I'm not. And she's like, you're just chuckling. Like, you don't take me seriously. Well, it's like that thing where I think being, being the fly in the wall, you can kind of see the way that they're just not on the same page and not mm-hmm. communicating. Like you, you can see that like in this moment, neither of them is necessarily, the wrong person or the bad person or whatever, like, but like, they're just not like everything they do is going to upset each other. Or well, certainly in her case, Jeanette is like a catalyst for this, essentially like the, the yeah, Jeanette Kate yeah. situation. He's like, Oh, I, you know, you called me home. I, I thought this was something serious. And she's like, I, I am serious. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Everything he says is just to her. Sounds like another confirmation. that doesn't take her seriously. Yeah. That he's uh, just patronizing her. Uh, 95, Angela and Cindy, Cindy are sitting at a table together. Uh, Cindy's like telling her, Angela her mother sacrificed everything for the family, practically disappeared into it. You know, Angela's like, well, my mom was the same. And Cindy says, that's the blueprint given to daughters. You know, she wanted to break that cycle by example. I wanted to break that cycle by leaving my child. Yeah. Well, I think I, yeah, I mean, Cindy's kind of double speaking here because <laughs> it's like on one hand, she's saying, 
I didn't want to disappear into my work for the sake of my family, but also <laughs> peace, family. I'm flying. Um, just that perhaps she was naive to think it wouldn't come as a cost, but she wanted to leave a different blueprint for a kid, especially for her daughter. Uh, Angela points out that she is a hell of an example because she started an entirely new career after raising two kids. And Cindy admires Angela for like, you know, running and owning her own bar. Um, and I like you, Angela. I can see why Greg likes you. You're smart. You're open. You're bold. Bold freaks Greg out a little bit, but deep down, he likes it sexually. Um, Angela likes Cindy too. She's glad they can just sit here and talk. Like they cheers. Um, and then Angela's like, hey, it's by the way, just to make this clear, it's not like I stole your husband. You left him. And she's and like, oh, Cindy's, is that what he told you? <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Now the, the trap is closed. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. I don't think it's that big of a deal later. Yeah. Um, 94, turn in the living room. Greg's like listening and Cindy's like telling him that she had a dream, a real dream. And somewhere along the way, it just kind of evaporated. He's just like, wasn't it unrealistic? And she's like, I know. I don't think it's unrealistic me going on a career. And he's just like, were you really going to be traveling while we're raising two kids? Um, well, she's, she's, just like, she's like, maybe I wasn't loud enough about the desire, but I've been plenty loud about Jeanette. And he's like, what yeah. does Jeanette have to do with this? And it's like kind of everything, you know? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. you know, I, you were right. I did push her to blossom, but I never showed her how, you know, and she's made some really bad mistakes. Yeah. So he, so uh, she gives Greg the key, suggests that he goes to Martin Harris's house since her word isn't good enough. Um, he starts to realize that, you know, she's gone, she's gone over there at some point and she's just like, that's not the point. Like I shouldn't need proof to have my husband take my concerns seriously. Um, she feels like he doesn't take her seriously, obviously, and he doesn't dispute it. And so she's so, like, I'm going to go save my sister for a while. And he's yeah, just and like so, on her anniversary. Great. Yeah, she's like, sorry about that, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, you know, when you finally face what's going on with our daughter, you will be exactly where I am right now. And it's going to break your heart. It's excruciating. I'm so lonely without you here with me. And she's gone. He doesn't go off to stop her. I mean, it's like Greg kind of like, basically, this is like the day Greg died. Well, the way he says it's our anniversary, it's like complete and utter shock. You know, he's, he's just like, holy shit, like did not see this coming at all. And th- now he's suddenly like he, he feels the hurt and the wound from it. Uh, because he didn't get the message that complacency is a disease. Yeah. Uh, so ni- earlier in 94 that day, uh, we see Cindy as she goes up to Martin Harris's house with that key. There's a cover of Jules, Save Your Soul. <laughs> it's like a haunting cover of Who Will Save Your Soul. Well, like at first I was like looking at the band name. It's called Damned Anthem. I was like kind of curious. I went on iTunes. Their like album cover has like zombies or whatever on it. <laughs> whatever. So she's bumping. Do they the have keyboard. real music or are they just like do they exist to do covers of popular songs for I yeah. I didn't go past the album cover. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. Um like what are they gonna have? Like a like a haunting cover of Where's My Mind? Yeah, really. Um so she's pretty bummed with the key with the, the key works. Um uh, so we pick up from Cindy opening the door to Greg opening the door later that night and finding out indeed that the key works. And he's kind of crushed and also pissed. He like, you know, throws some stuff on the ground because I think he realizes, oh, shit, I've been far too trusting. But now he's yeah. kind of he's pot committed. You know, it's like he's stuck now. He's, he's throwing in his lot with Jeanette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, he's going to dive down a bottle and stay there for the next <laughs> year. He'll be there for a while. Yeah. I mean, the Cindy debate, like the Cindy debate to me is in some cases a little bit like the joy debate. I can't defend joy's actions and like the 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 consequences of them but like the show does a good job of making me understand flawed as they might be her initial reasoning yeah i mean i guess it's just 
it's like that everything you're saying about him not taking you seriously appears to be correct. But like you are a mother, you know, like how much responsibility do you owe your daughter? You know, like when when is it time to be selfish and think about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is the the, the show made her a human being. Like mm-hmm. and I think, I don't know, these people who uh the show that's apparently called Grey's Anatomy that they hate her from, like uh I feel like this this is the episode that turned her around, like brought people back to to Cindy, made her like her in, in some regards, not totally. I, from what I recall, like dipping into Reddit when this episode aired. A lot of people were definitely like more understanding of Cindy, but there are definitely still yeah. some people who were like, fuck Cindy. You left yeah. your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I miss fair. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. And that, yeah, that's the end of the episode is Greg throwing some stuff on the ground and dead Martin Harris's abandoned house there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think he like sells that house eventually? Like he's a uh, real estate agent, right? So what do you... not in 95. He doesn't. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have any uh any questions to answer? Not about this episode, no. No. All right. Not the, not well, uh thanks everyone for listening. Uh we got a couple new reviews since last time, so thanks to uh Wapatoa GC, or I'm sorry, C Gottling and um another one just cruel summer fans this is awesome mayor of Easttown podcast great insights. Excellent. <laughs> savage. Mm-hmm. So savage. Uh, as always, thanks to anyone who rates and reviews. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that. Or you can go buy our book, my name is trouble.com. We have two books, My Name is Trouble and Trouble Always Finds Me. They're kind of girl detective books, a girl named Trouble Who Solves Mysteries. That is, uh, you know, we we were like, how can we monetize our podcast? Should we get ads? No. Should we do Patreon? No. Let's spend years writing a book uh, and, and trying to sell, you know, a few copies. Mm-hmm. Good strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's paying dividends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if you like these type of shows, if you like mysteries, if you like our podcast, I think you'd definitely enjoy it. Fun little mm-hmm. murder mystery, some good twists and turns. Check out more. My name is Trouble.com. I can't wait to the review that's like uh, good Trouble Girl Detective podcast. <laughs> Lots of insights. <laughs> All right. And we'll be back in a couple of days to talk about Season one, episode seven. Happy birthday, Kate Wallace. Yeah, we're, we, I don't know if you can, people know us. We're trying to get we're as jamming. caught up as we can. We're yeah, jamming. We're work, we haven't done this in a long time. I think we're, we're hoping to get episode nine out the day episode 10 drops. So at least you yeah. can be ready for, for episode yeah. 10. And then, and we're, yeah, we're recording tonight and I'm, I'm, I'm horny to finish and start episode nine <laughs> and actually watch it. Yeah. So bye bye. Bye bye.